Hey, this is Sean Leary, and welcome to the inaugural episode of IQC, the new podcast helping you increase your IQ about the QC. Um, we're going to be talking to a number of people, a number of very important people in the Quad Cities area with different perspectives, different viewpoints, and it is completely unfiltered, completely uncensored, so some content may not be suitable for kids. Just a warning ahead of time. Uh, anyhow, uh, we're going to cover a lot of different uh, topics from politics to the arts to sports and beyond. Um, today, actually, our first guest um, is Brett Gardella, who is both a small business owner here in the Quad Cities. He owns Taste Buds, which, what is your exact address? It's 150 16 and a half Street in yes, Rock Island. Yes, sir. Um, Taste Buds offers coffees, smoothies, candy, nuts, your standard coffee shop as well as smoothie shop and coffee shop as well. Got a lot of great stuff. You want to go check them out. But in addition to that, Brett is also the head of economic development for the city of Rock Island. And that is how we met. Because as a lot of you longtime readers of mine on this site particularly know, I wrote a very... Uh, Scathing. Scathing. That's a good word. <laughs> Column um, in regard to the city of Rock Island and um, the mistake that they had made in regard to Walmart, some of the mistakes that had been made. And um, Brett contacted me and you gave me a little bit of an ambush, but that's fine. I don't mind. <laughs> uh, like I said, when I write an opinion, and that's the thing that I always emphasize with people and and one of the things I don't like about the internet age is that all too often people have the opportunity to put anonymous opinions out there and they don't put their name their face anything with it And when people don't take that responsibility I think that they abdicate some level of credibility yeah. uh, and so you know for being a longtime journalist I'm used to putting my name my face out there I'm used to people stopping me in public and talking to me if they agree or disagree and I'm as we were talking about before we started recording. I think that that is an important thing, is being able to hear different viewpoints because no one is right 100% of the time. And even someone who's wrong 90% of the time is still right 10% of the time. And yeah. they may have a fantastic idea. And if you aren't open to that, then you don't enrich yourself and you don't evolve. Sure. And I think that's really the point of this podcast is to give people different perspectives. I'm not telling you what to think. All I'm doing is having a conversation unedited with someone. You make up your own mind. Yeah. You may disagree with me. You may agree with the per person that I'm talking to. You may disagree with them and you may agree with me. Doesn't matter. You take this information and do with it what you will. The only purpose of this podcast is to give you information and to bring you unfiltered conversation and information so that you can make up your own mind. So. Going into that, that is the purpose, the reason for being of IQC, this new podcast. And going into that, I'd like to officially welcome Brett Gardella, Head of Economic Development for Rock Island. Well, thank you. I, I'm, I'm actually flattered that you have me as your first guest. Well, I think a lot of it came out of you know us getting together and talking. And we had a really interesting conversation where we didn't agree on everything 100%, but you were able to also give me some perspectives that I was not aware of in regard to sure. it. That didn't mean that suddenly my mind changed completely, but it did allow me to see things from a different perspective. And some of the things we still, what well, we agreed on, but it, we disagreed on some things, we agreed on other things, but it, it gave me a different outlook on things. And I think that people need to, to see that in sure. regard to things of this nature. Um, 
So let's talk about that. So let's jump right in in regard to the Walmart situation. Okay. Now, um, as you know, in my column, I talked about the fact the city borrowed $15 million. Mm-hmm. They went into this. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm going to recap it. Okay, the city was looking to lure Walmart to build on 11th Street, where the old bowling alley was or Blackhawk was, um, which I, as I've said from the beginning, I had no problem with. I thought that was a fantastic idea. I thought it was a great location on 11th Street. You had um, good traffic. You had uh, a market there that I think would have been served very well by a Walmart. Um, So then here's where things veer. I agree with the city up to that point, but then the city did not have an agreement in place with Walmart that they were definitively going to build there. And so the city took it upon themselves to not only take money from the city coffers, but to borrow money, thus putting the city further in debt in order to buy these properties. Now, even then, you could have, you would have kind of pushed me into the gray area on that where I would have said, okay, well, that, that's, you, you've got a vision. You've got a good idea. Nothing's going on at that 11th Street spot. And I can right. totally agree with the city in wanting to level it and just start from scratch. But here's where we diverge in a serious way. The fact that the city overpaid by so much for these properties And I mean, when I saw it, I was stunned at the amount of money that was paid for these properties, which I mean, let's face it, a lot of these places were decrepit, they were in horrible shape, they were, I mean, they were worthless in a lot of respects. You know, they hadn't been successful as businesses, they, many of them had failed repeatedly, some of them were in horrible condition. So I don't understand why this city paid that much money, especially when you looked at the, even the assessed values were so much lower right. than the amount that the city paid. So given all that I've just said, Brett, please explain to me and to our listeners the city's position in regard to this. I'll do it as best I can. Okay. Because as you know, I wasn't here four years ago. Sure, I've sure. Only, I've only been uh, back here at Rock Island two years. Okay. Um, so I can't, we can't blame you completely. <laughs> <laughs> so, the, um, keep the torches to yourself, right. folks. You know, the vision of the city has always been true mm-hmm. in, in the respect of, if you think about Rock Island, where can we build right. uh, for retail? Sure. Um, let me take a step back even before that. A city has two forms of in essence, revenue, okay? Mm-hmm. Property taxes and sales taxes. And as someone who's living in Rock Island now and owned property for 15 years, I can tell you, like many Rock Island property owners, we are not exactly happy with how high our property taxes are. Right, but that's more of a function of the county than mm-hmm. the city because the city hasn't raised property taxes in five years. There you go. Okay, so you have two sources of revenue from a city, property and sales. Um, our sales taxes for the city of Rock Island only amount to about $5 million a year. Okay. A uh, comparison is Moline, who gets about $18 million a year. All right. And we're roughly the same size cities, maybe within a thousand. Then what is the difference in regard to that? Is it the number of businesses that are in Moline? Is it the assessed property? What exactly? It's it's the number of retail businesses that are in Moline. You have South Park Mall. You had, uh, you know, we lost our car dealerships, which hurt us and they moved into Moline. You have that whole strip down on John Deere Road, which is just, you know, your retail corridor 
was built in Moline. Mm-hmm. So Rock Island hasn't had that, okay? Right. So that's, that's the first two things you have to look at. And if we want to keep our taxes, our property taxes from going up, you have to make money, in essence, right. in another manner, which is through sales tax. Correct. So we need the retail. I think everybody agrees or should agree that we need the retail businesses in Rock Island so we can drive that sales tax base, which would increase the sales taxes, which would keep allow the city to keep our portion of our uh, property taxes mm-hmm. either stagnant or barely going up. Sure. If they go up. Okay. So that's always been the vision. Now, the secondary part of with, with Rock Island is what challenges do we face? We have two rivers on either side of us. Mm-hmm. Um, and we've got a lot of hills and valleys or culvers or whatever sure. you want to call, you know, the, the, the landscape that we have. We're very challenged in where we can build. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, Watchtower was the original shopping destination years sure. ago in, yeah. in the Quad Cities. Okay. And built in the 60s. And I think everybody would agree that it fell out of favor over time. Right, right. And it wasn't being renewed, and it wasn't going to be uh, beautified in any respect. So, just we, as a tangent, you know, what I find ironic is that you, there was a Popeyes there. Yeah, remember that? <laughs> yeah, years ago. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody's going nuts for Popeyes now, which is astounding to me that people are waiting in line for an hour for fried chicken. Right, exactly. Nevertheless, yes, there was a Popeyes in yeah. Rock Island on 11th Street, and yeah. it went out of business for lack of business. Yeah. But go ahead. And, and you know what? And if people like fried chicken, check out Ann B's on 9th. Well, yeah, exactly. I, I mean, you know, yeah, just, you know I don't want to plug one over well, another. Well, JJ Fish and Chicken's JJ, got great yeah, stuff, yeah, too. So, yeah. um, now, you know, so we have these People little, need to support these absolutely. local businesses as opposed to going nuts when right. a franchise comes in. I mean, that's fantastic that you got a franchise, but... There are a lot of local businesses here that are making the same product better yeah, and deserve the attention as well. Yeah. Well, and, okay, so I'm going to go off on a tangent on that just because <laughs> you absolutely know, I mean, as a small business owner. Well, this is one of the things I mentioned in the column. I think I know where you're going yeah, in regard so, to the local businesses. Yeah, we, we need the support. I mean, we've had in the column, you talked about um, supporting small businesses yes. or that $15 million could have been used to uh, help more small businesses I get agree. into respect. Yeah. Well, like, and, obviously, I wrote it. Right. So, and I'm not disregarding that, uh-huh. but my point back to you was that's pretty much what I do is I help right. a ton of small businesses get into business sure. right now. Okay. But for me to take it a step further, we don't have the people supporting the small businesses that we have right now. And I can say that yeah. because I am a small business owner. And as, as a buyer, well. yeah, right. I understand. So, it's, you know, we need to get our folks in Rock Island. Let's, Let's just step it down to Rock Island. Mm-hmm. If we got our residents to support as many of our small businesses in this town as they do versus going out over to Moline, for mm-hmm. example, um, that'd be a huge financial shot in the arm for all of these little small businesses that right. are struggling. And it would help the city because, exactly. you know, you're spending your money locally. Mm-hmm. So it is time, I think, for uh, all of us to ask ourselves and our neighbors and our friends here in the town, what have you done for a small business lately? And it's not even just supporting the McDonald's down the road or whatever, the franchise that we have in town, but it is truly about the small mom and dad businesses because they keep their money in this town. Mm -hmm. You know, they bank here in this town, they own their home, or they are paying rent to somebody here in this town. There's a true correlation about recirculating our money in our city. That's going to make everything for us Right. Better. Not perfect, but better. Well, and as you mentioned, and looking at it from a selfish perspective, if you spend your money in Rock Island, that increases the sales tax base, which could 
eventually, possibly, lower your own property taxes. Sure. So you're helping yourself out sure. as well. I mean, aside from any altruism or, or the fact that there are a lot of local businesses that have terrific quality items, yeah. you know, whether it's food or products or whatever. I mean, yeah. there are a lot, and I mean, as you know, I, I'm a huge fan of the district. I'm a huge fan of, of Rock Island. I, you know, frequent a lot of the Rock Island businesses. Um, that was what I championed in that column is the yeah. fact that I, there's so many great businesses here in Rock Island that I've been a longtime patron of and I know other people are you know fans of as well. And I'd love to see more expansion here in the downtown. But let's rewind. Okay. We're, we're, on, we're on areas where we, we agree here. We right. both agree that there need to be economic, needs to be economic development. The sales tax revenue needs to increase. Right. Um, we need more businesses here in Rock Island just in general. Now, what exactly... Um, we get to the Walmart thing. I don't know how much of this stuff you can talk about on the record. What exactly happened with the Walmart deal, and what was the thinking? I know you weren't here, right. so I can't you know, come down anymore. Well, what was the thinking in okay. regard to why borrow the money when there wasn't even a deal in place? And I think that's what right. really ticks off most reasonable people is they look at it and they go, well, if you didn't have a contract with Walmart, why did you do all this and spend all of this money? And that's what really pisses right. people off. And it wasn't so much, by the way. I mean, when you when you create a TIF district, you're mm-hmm. just you're you're forwarding the future increment that's going to happen on the property. So uh-huh. that's basically, you know, we borrowed, we created a TIF, and then we bonded the money to come in to pay for it. Okay, so it's. It's not like it impacted anybody out there. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it didn't raise anybody's property taxes because it was specific to that area. Mm-hmm. All right. So obviously, again, I wasn't here when that happened, sure. but I do know, uh, or at least I was told, that one of the things that the city looked at was where can we build, where can we create a retail complex? Uh-huh. That space, because it was one, was the prime location to do it. Mm-hmm. So I agree with the city's vision on moving forward on that because that was the place to do it. Right? right. I don't know about the conversations that happened with Walmart on the front end or on the back end. Uh-huh. But I can tell you that what happened with us was a corporate philosophical change from Walmart. We, we had every reason to believe up until... 48 hours prior to them coming into town and telling us that they were changing, that they were going to build here. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, the city didn't have a contract signed until September, October of last year that you know Walmart was going to come in and do some due diligence to, to buy the property. Mm-hmm. But through it all, they'd given us every indication that we had done everything right. We did everything that they wanted us to do. You know, they had a site plan laid out. They have they invested somewhere between five hundred and six hundred thousand dollars doing their investigation on the property. But corporately, they have changed their philosophy. They bought Jet.com for $4.5 billion uh-huh. or whatever it was, and they're buying another online agent right now that they're going to move their direction to the future. Right. So They're getting away from the brick and mortar. Is- yeah, and in fact, their build-out schedule uh, by 2018, which was when our store was supposed to be built, uh, dropped from like 120 units that they were going to build down to 53 is the last right. I saw. So we weren't the only community that they came in and said, no, we're done. Right. Um, And I think that's interesting on Walmart's side because Walmart isn't an online retailer. No, they're not. Walmart is a small community, you know, farmers, our our older generation. I don't know if they're going at the right market, which has already been, you know, certainly saturated by Amazon, by eBay, things of that that nature. 
So, I, 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 you know, we're in agreement on that. Okay. So when you talk about the acquisition of the property, uh, again, I wasn't here, but I think a lot of it had to do with the urgency from the city mm-hmm. needing to acquire the property. And quite honestly, a lot of greed. Well, and that's where we, you know, that's one of the things is uh, you and I, we both know shady stuff happens. We both know things get out and somebody knows somebody and, you know, hush, hush. Hey, you know, uh, Walmart's thinking about looking at this. And once that word gets out to those business owners who may have, prior to knowing that, been more than happy to get rid of the property for as low a cost as they could just to get it off their backs because it's not doing anything. All of a sudden now, you know, the cartoon dollar signs pop up in their eyes and they're thinking, hey, I can finagle myself a deal. And, And, you know... But the thing is, is it's incumbent upon the people who are opening up the checkbook for the city to not fall for that, to draw a line in the sand and to not give in to the greed of people, right. the private owners. But, you know, again, that's human nature of the private property owners that were down there to maximize as much as and they I could. Understand I understand that. You know, and I don't, I don't fault them for that. I don't fault, pe- I, right. I don't fault them as much. I mean, yeah, sure, they're greedy. But that's, like you said, that's human nature. They're business owners. They've got a property. If they see an opportunity to maximize their profit, they're going to do so. But the city has the responsibility to tell them, no, we're not doing this. Or, you know, why not wait until Walmart signed on the dotted line? And then I don't want to say let Walmart deal with it. But when you've got that clout behind you and you're like, hey, listen, Walmart's got far deeper coffers than the city does. Walmart can come in and deal with all that. Sure, sure. Um, yeah, and again, I wasn't here back then, so I don't I don't know how it was all put together, mm-hmm. but um, ultimately we we needed the site. And uh, you know, so the investment, for lack of a better phrase, sure. is what it is. But let me tell you about the investment though, because I think it's important to know that the $15 million that was invested by the city on that particular site has turned into Closer to 22 to $23 million for the city. Now, how so? Okay. Hill and Valley's in a brand new complex that, um, it, private company, so they're not going to give me exact numbers, uh-huh. but uh, uh, I've been told it's at least a $15 million facility in and of itself, probably closer to 20 Okay. So that's one business that has relocated from out of there and has just absolutely flourished. Mm-hmm. Um, their sales are way up. Employment is way up. They are creating new products, uh, and you know, so that that's a business that we kept in Rock Island. Mm-hmm. They were actually going to leave the state of Illinois, mm-hmm. but being able to do this type of project, get them off the site that they were at, get them into this nice new facility, uh, which they're already looking to expand, by the way, because they're, they've been going so well. And that's fantastic, right? So that's one. Uh, Blackhawk Commons was mm-hmm. built because of this. Missman Engineering came in and said, "Yeah, we're going to build our corporate headquarters here." And, you know, they're a worldwide agency. So they're based in Rock Island. So we got that built here. Um, That's a multi-million dollar facility down there. Uh, The State Farm agent got relocated into a brand new building down Uh there. Uh, Blackhawk College got relocated into a multi-million dollar facility down there in Blackhawk Commons. Dollar General has built uh, on 11th down by the McDonald's. Mm -hmm. And I've talked with them. Their sales have increased by moving and getting into a nice newer property. Um, better location for them. So, you know, that those are benefits. Uh, Iowa, Illinois Center for Independent Living is in a brand new location that they own, a multi-million dollar facility. 
the, the point that I'm trying to get to is that there were roughly 16 businesses down there. Mm-hmm. Okay, The bowling alley burned down, so that drops us down to 15. Sure. The discounted furniture store decided to move to Moline and then went out of business. Mm-hmm. So that put us down to 14. Uh, and then Dan uh, Banowski with Jaded Gypsy moved downtown, mm-hmm. and the arsonist burned down the Mississippi Cafe, which took out his place. And um, he's, he's struggling right now to try to get... Uh, a building built out and get back into business. Sure. So 13 out of the 16 businesses, though, are still in existence here in Rock Island and thriving. Mm-hmm. And this is three to four years after the fact. So it, it tells me that we got them into the right locations or they found themselves the right locations and they've been able to maintain their customer base and actually build on that. Mm-hmm. So you can say, okay, well, $15 million and it, it is what it is. Sure. But if we look at Hill and Valley, and we location, agree on that, you right, agree right. with me that, and you agree with the majority of the people on the record. Do you agree with me, and you agree with the majority of the people who have read my column and who are behind this that the city got screwed, for lack of a better term, or they they overpaid for these properties and they should not have paid that amount of money right. for these properties? And the only thing I can honestly say on the record is I don't I don't know because I wasn't here then and I don't know the property values back then um, and I don't know the sense of urgency it took to create the project Uh I mean there are instances in economic development where that was a deftly political answer Brad hey look (laughs) I'm not you know I like my job with the city (laughs) right right. as someone in the communications field I can appreciate that I can appreciate the spinning of things of that Um, nature and as well, a journalist, you have to respect that I have to cut through sure. the bullshit and just, you know, keep sure. on going. But quite honestly, I mean, I don't think anybody from the city's level, when they were negotiating mm-hmm. these purchases, I don't think anybody had ill will or bad intent right, to right. do this. Uh, the pro- I, I, I don't think it was a nefarious scheme. I think, yeah. it, I think the, it was more a, a mistake in regard to there were things that were – I mean, this is, this is my opinion. I think yeah. that, you know – the word got out, and as you as you mentioned, you know, private business owners they're going to try and maximize their profits. Yeah. But at that point, I think if I were the person in charge, I would have said, "Okay, we're going to draw the line here and, and wait until we've got a signed deal from Walmart, and then we have the cloud of Walmart behind us to sure. come in and potentially sure. help us out financially in regard to this." And at that point. If you got the Walton family with their billions behind you, let the Walton family deal with it. Yeah. And I would have no problem with local business owners yeah. taking a little bit extra off the Walton family because I think they can afford it. Yeah. And and granted, that's one way it could have been handled, and it it, it wasn't. It was handled right. in a different direction. It is what so, it is. Right. It, it, yeah. I mean, I don't like using that phrase, but you know, we can't. Uh, we can look back in our rearview mirror right now sure. and say, "What if? What if?" But the reality is still, for the investment that was made on behalf of the city, all those businesses, with the exception of the three that I mentioned, are in business and thriving, and arguably the uh, value of the buildings that were built and the properties that were were refinished Mm -hmm. to move some of these other folks who were just leasing as opposed to owning has increased over the $15 million investment. So So that that is right. And that truly is. And now we are sitting with uh, 20, just under 23 acres, Mm -hmm. which quite honestly, my opinion, it would have been great to have Walmart. I think everybody knows that. But I think it's even better for us now because we are looking uh, and working toward getting a grocery uh, anchored strip center down mm-hmm. there. So instead of Are having... Are you going to I'm sorry? Are you looking at Hy-Vee? Um We're looking at numerous 
Okay. Uh, grocery. Can't say right now? Anchor. No. Yeah. Unfortunately, <laughs> no, because we we're, we were talking to a couple of the different developers. Right. Costco so. is another one people have, you know. Yeah, Costco is not going to come to the Quad Cities. Now, why is that? Right? Because we don't, uh, we don't have the median home, uh, median incomes gotcha. in our area. If they were going to come to the Quad Cities, they would want to go to Bettendorf. They've already told me that. Sure. I've talked to them corporately. That makes sense. Same thing with Whole Foods Market. Same uh-huh. thing with Trader Joe's. Folks. Oh, there you go. There's my next couple right. ones. We've tried. Uh, okay. But they want the median household income that, that Bettendorf shows right. uh, because it's a, you know it's, yeah Bettendorf's a, a tight little bedroom community for the most part and it's where all of our whatever higher end people like to go and live sure so um, no but we are looking at you know if we go back to this and we can get the grocery anchor tenant mm-hmm. that we want down there and then we have a strip center down there that's going to have let's say seven to ten different franchise opportunities Walmart would have been Walmart. It would have been one brand marketing a 23-acre site. Now we have an opportunity to land, let's say, seven to ten different franchise businesses that can come to that location that are all going to be putting forth a marketing message Mm -hmm. that are all going to draw people to that area. So whether you're going to the grocery store that's going to be down there or you're going to one of the other tenants that's going to be down there, you're going to see everybody else as well. Right. You know, so you're not just going there for one purpose. You can go there for multiple purposes. And I think that that's better for us as a city. Um, I truly do. Now, one of the biz- businesses, I can't remember, we talked about a couple of the businesses that people have been, you know, wanting in, in Rock Island or in sure. the Quad Cities in general. Um, Portillo's, there was this huge, yeah. huge push yeah. for Portillo's. Um, White Castle, a lot of people have been talking about that for years. And again, I'm, I'm talking about franchises because right. local businesses, locally owned businesses, we can't see the future in regard to when someone's going to have an idea. I'm just talking about things that um, people have mentioned because they're familiar with. Sure. Um, Starbucks. Yep. There is no Starbucks in Rock Island. And a lot of people have asked, yep. why don't we have one here? Why don't we have one on 11th Street or on John Deere Road or something like that? And I mean, and I say this as somebody who... You know, I'm a huge fan of Theo's and Cool Beans. I'm there all the time. And not um, Taste Buds. And Taste Buds, of course. Yes, Brett. <laughs> of course, Taste Buds. But you guys don't have drive throughs And I think sure. that that's one of the draws right. of, of Starbucks is the fact that it's got a drive through and people can just pop through on their way to work. Um, and 11th Street on that quarter or John Deere, you know, you would have a drive through opportunity. Yeah. So um, in regard to those three names, you know, what are the, what are the opportunities for that to occur? I think they're very good. I, they're, these are items that we've been in discussions with these organizations for the last year and a half. I mean, I have. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a challenge to get them to make a corporate decision to come here. The other thing I would say about franchises, though, is there is a ton of franchises out there that would like to come here. Mm-hmm. The problem is they need someone to be the franchisee. Right. And that, of course, really reduces uh, the amount of folks in the Quad Cities who can get into that type of a business. I mean, Mm -hmm. I would love to see people get into a franchise around here. But, for example, the the franchise with the least uh, amount of franchise fee is Subway. Mm -hmm. And I still think they're charging $25,000 for a franchise fee. Okay. Um, That's one thing. That's just to buy the name. But then you have to have a location. You have to build it out. So... You're in probably another hundred and fifty to two hundred thousand dollars just in the build out to bring all the equipment in, paint the walls, bring in the signage, et cetera, et cetera, and get your first product in the door. 
Most of these franchises will also say then that we need you to have uh, a net worth of $300,000 and a minimum of $100,000 cash mm-hmm. to get into a subway, for example. And I don't know if those are specifics, folks. Sure. Don't, you know, don't, but it's, it's around there. Um, McDonald's, for example, is a million dollars for a franchise fee. Mm-hmm. And they're somewhere north of you have to have you know, a couple million dollars in liquid right, and, right. Uh, and, and whatever else on a net yeah, worth to get into. Uh-huh. Right. So it's, we're challenged because we have a lot of people that are very bright and would like to get into business, but they can't meet the parameters of what that franchise needs sure. for them to get into business. So when I've talked to some of these franchises, now we're looking at, okay, how do we bring a franchisee from the Chicago area to bring that franchise down here. Mm-hmm. So when you're talking about Portillo's, for example. Right. Um, Portillo's, is they're all corporately owned, last I checked. So they have to build the infrastructure to make their way down here so they're not 90 miles away from their closest mm-hmm. store yeah. and having to ship product down here. It's got to make sense for them. Right. And, yeah, it's nice starting a Facebook page. It's nice that their CEO went to Moline uh, right. or grew up in Moline. That's all great, but it doesn't necessarily make them money. Sure. So that, that's that's kind of the challenge we have with franchises. Now, what about local businesses? Now we've talked about, um, and you know, and I, in you, you know, I've tried to bring this about. I've tried to introduce you, and we've had meetings with um, some folks on the local scene. Yeah, and I won't mention names out of respect for them because sure. I don't know. Sure. Um, but I've you know set up a couple of meetings with people who were potentially looking to move to downtown Rock Island. And these are arts organizations. These are groups that I we talked about this. My vision for downtown is that it become an arts hub the same way it was starting to be back in the early 90s and mid 90s. Sure. I'd like to see that happen again. More theaters down here, more performance venues, things of that nature, not just bars. Right. Because the performance right. venues are going to complement the restaurants and the other businesses. And if you've got people living down here, it's going to give them places to go other than just the bar scene. Right. Um, how does that get started? I mean, how do we turn the district back into an arts hub and a really thriving, um, vibrant area for the arts? It's uh, we do it collectively. Mm-hmm. I mean, we all need to make be a part of this. Uh, there's a, okay, so there's an old axiom in economic development: Do you build rooftops or retail first? Uh-huh. You know, which, which comes first? And honestly, it, it all depends on where you're at. Right. Rock Island. The downtown corridor was the first community 15, 18 years ago, whatever it was, that started uh, doing the infill of apartments back town in, in a downtown corridor. Again, right. Okay. Moline's jumped on it. Davenport's jumped on it. We all see it now, right? But Rock Island started that. Oh, yeah. I mean, Rock, that's the thing that's frustrating to me is that Rock Island had all the momentum going for it back in the 90s into the early 2000s. Yeah. And I felt Mayor Schwiebert and the folks who were involved in the city, I thought they did a fantastic job. And they had a great vision in regard to that. And then it's just seemed like the momentum has just shifted. And you've seen the other Quad Cities jump on the same thing and exceed Rock Island. Yeah. I don't know if they've exceeded us, um, but they're trying to. They're trying to, right. at least. I mean, um, they're getting to the same level. But here's the challenge that they're going to face. Because we got so many rooftops, in essence, mm-hmm. built downtown apartments. But then you had no retail to back it up. Mm-hmm. So it was nice that you could live downtown and hopefully live and work downtown. But then you need to go to a grocery store. So sure. where do you go? you got to go up up the hill on 18th to go to hy V. Mm-hmm. All right? Um the well, restaurants. Problem solved here in Rock Island because you guys are about to open a grocery store in downtown. That is true. Actually, two of them mm-hmm. uh, very very soon, hopefully. Um, 
your restaurants were, were limited mm-hmm. in downtown. And most of them were only open at nighttime because they did a you know restaurant part and then went into the entertainment sector part. Sure. So we have roughly 4,000 people that work downtown on a daily basis in Rock Island. Mm-hmm. Okay. They want places to go. They want to go and have a lunch somewhere versus... Right. You know, the five or six places that they can go now. So be, and a lot of them have a, a need to go and buy something during the day, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it is, a um, cup of coffee, some candy, smoothie. Sure. sure. Um, you know, uh, Coleman Florist over here who moved downtown. So we needed to expand out that retail, and we're just starting to see that now. So we need to have daytime businesses and nighttime businesses. Okay. We do have some properties that sit downtown right now that are in private hands that, uh, could be either moved, um, i.e. being sold or leased out if the price was right for somebody to get in and try uh-huh. to start a business. Right. But they're not in city's hands, so it's not something necessarily that the city can get in. And you know, we can't force somebody to sell their property right. or lease their property. Um, but we have had a lot of success in bringing retail to our downtown corridor in the last two years that I've been here. And I think that's a, an important part of the mix. So now let's go back to the nightlife of it. Okay. If you can get some daytime exposure and make some money for some of the retailers and supply some of the needs that are of the people living downtown and uh, working downtown, then you need to get back into the nighttime sector and figure out what it is that we can do that was different. Mm-hmm. Red Rodeo, when they opened up a year ago, sure. All right, it was new, it was different, and it and it did well. For oh, that place is always packed every every time I yeah. went there. The challenge was they were only open, in essence, three days a week, uh-huh. three nights a week, and it's hard to fill a space, pay that type of rent sure. that you're paying in the overhead and whatever you have to hire just based on three days a week. Mm-hmm. Now it's Riders. Um, it's reopened. It's still a country bar. Um, I was shocked to learn that there wasn't a country bar in the Quad Cities. So no, smart concept, right. you know, way to go if you can bring in the right entertainment, the right talent to put them on stage and people are willing to pay the right price to get in the door and listen to them, mm-hmm. then great. Um, we do have another, there's a, a wine bar mm-hmm. slash restaurant getting ready to open downtown Rock Island. Mm-hmm. That should bring a little bit of a different vibe downtown. Right. Um, you know, you got growth in the district who are throwing a, a ton of money into the events downtown. Right. And I think they do a really good job. I, yeah. I never meant to criticize growth or the district for any of those folks. Right. I, I know a lot of people there, and I know they work hard, and they've done a terrific job. But, but it is a matter of, I mean, we might be seeing some of festival fatigue out mm-hmm. of this, sure. and we may need to change some things up. Um, Kyle down at the Daiquiri Factories brought in a couple new events in the last mm-hmm. couple of years. Yeah. Growth actually brought in the uh, the ale, uh, the, the beer tasting, sure. uh, the name escapes me. And that's gone over very well the last two years, uh-huh. because people's Pardon me for saying this. Their tastes have changed. I don't oh, yeah, mean to tie that into beer, but yeah. in, in the craft market. But their tastes have changed for activities that they want to go to. Right. Um, so those are items that collectively as a community we need to look at. In fact, uh, the district right now has, um, and I'll have to send you the link that you can share with, uh, with your listeners and, and your viewers of the webpage. They're in the process right now of collecting information on a survey monkey mm-hmm. to find out what people think about the current events and what should change and what shouldn't. Mm-hmm. And this is a perfect opportunity for, I think, everybody in the Quad Cities who comes to these events or has come to these events to be able to speak their mind and say, we need to do this better or that better. Um, so it is, it's a collective decision. You know, it's not a city decision. We don't put these events on. We don't say, hey, you know, Ribco, Terry, you can do this or that mm-hmm. or the other. I mean, if he's doing stuff within... 
the legalities of what he's able to do. We'd love to see him bring in more entertainment. Sure. We'd love to see that stage up front used more often. Um, we'd love to get some of these other buildings filled with some mm -hmm. business opportunities, whether they're daytime or nighttime. But it's, uh, you know, that's a challenging part on behalf of the city. They did put the vision forth 30 years ago to be the arts and entertainment area. Right. But we can't then force somebody to do that. Sure, sure. So, we, you know, we need the public support and the private sector to come in and, and buy into our vision you know, as a city and make it happen. Um, I appreciate you taking time, and again, like you know, I appreciate you offering your opinions. While we we're, while we agree on some, we disagree on others. I like the open dialogue, and I like the fact that you're you know willing to talk to the public per se yeah. um, through our website. Um, anything else that you'd like to add that we have not hit? I think we touched upon most of the stuff I talked about in my column and yeah. some of the other things we talked about. But is there anything else you'd like to add for our listeners? Well, I think folks need to know from my perspective, I'm here for all of Rock Island. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Obviously, I've got my business downtown. And I'd like to see the downtown succeed. Okay, so that's me wearing my taste buds hat. But I want to see the whole city succeed. Sure. I, and we're, we, we're in you yeah. know, agreement on that. So definitely. we have... We have opportunities around the city. Our major opportunity for retail is on 11th Street. Mm -hmm. But we do have little holes in the different pockets, whether it's in Hilltop or College Hill. Kmart. Or, um, Kmart site, which, you know, yes, I'm working with the, the property owner right now mm -hmm. uh, to, to get that property into the right hands. So it'll remain in retail and, and get redeveloped into a couple of new retail opportunities. Sure. So there are things that, you know, we're looking at citywide. I don't want anybody to think that I'm specific to one location because I'm not. I live here in Rock Island. I own my house here. I own a business here. I want this town to succeed more than sure. anybody else. I'm putting my money where my mouth is yeah. in economic development work, and I can guarantee you you're not going to find any other economic developer in the Quad Cities who owns a business who's also trying to you know, broaden his community, putting his money where his mouth right. is. So I'm invested here, and I want to be invested here. So I don't want people to think I'm a one-trick pony because I'm not. Mm -hmm. If they have questions, by all means, they should always come out and ask. Right. We, or suggestions. And like or I suggestions. Said, everybody, sure. Everybody's got a good idea sure. sometimes, you know? We And you never know where those are going to spark. Right. And, you know, exactly. What, I mean, I hope that the folks, when they listen to this, they can hear, okay, I've talked to Costco. Mm -hmm. I mean, I have. I've talked to Trader Joe's. We, right. We're always in conversations with with Starbucks. Some of these things I think we will get in the next year or two. Mm -hmm. um, some of these we won't get simply because... And not to mention just the franchises, I know for a fact, because I've introduced you to other people, you, we are, we have, you have been in contact with local arts organizations yeah. to try and get more arts here in the district. I know that for a fact. Yeah. We can't say it on the record right. because of the people involved right. out of respect for their privacy, but I can vouch for yeah. the fact that you've been talking to them. And, and that's the nice part, too, that, Sean, I, I give you all due respect for. I mean, I think we're building a friendship, which is nice. Yeah. But you've also come to me and said, hey, what about this? Mm -hmm. And I have all due respect for anybody who wants to do that. I mean, right. I'm, not, I'm not the smartest guy in the room. In fact... I, there are so many other people that are smarter than me on this game, but I do, I'm pretty good at what I do because I've been working in this field for 11 years. And I'm not afraid to answer these questions. Sure. And I'm not afraid to listen to other people who say, hey, what about this? Mm -hmm. I mean, I'll go to bat for anybody who's trying to get into business. Mm -hmm. um, I'll go to bat for this city as long right. as I'm here to try to bring whatever opportunity I can here. Right. You know, and by the way, we're not just dealing with... Uh, the retail sector and, and growing businesses. I mean, you know, we just created a new 
home ownership program for the city because mm-hmm. we want people to move here too. And we've been very challenged in that respect uh, of getting people to be able to move here to Rock Island, get into brand new homes in this town. And uh, we're working on something called Home Ownership Made Easy. It's a new home initiative. That's an acronym, mm-hmm. Home Ownership Made Easy. Uh, and our whole goal is we have shown with a couple of financial uh, partners on this and builders on this that someone can buy a lot from the city. We are uh, our, our goal is to be able to sell these lots for $5 mm-hmm. and get somebody in a brand new house built on that lot uh, within six months. Cool. That is that can be a game changer. For, right. and, and it's not income restricted. It's not age restricted. Our goal is to take a lot of these properties that we've had to blight out over the years and that we're sitting on mm-hmm. that are not doing the city any good. They're not doing the neighborhoods they're in any good. And we can get some homes built. We can mm-hmm. get some people that are renting right now or want to come back home. You know, here's an opportunity. You can do that and you can get into a house that is 100000 110000 maybe $120,000. Right. Brand new construction, meeting or exceeding all of the new building codes that we have. You know, match the neighborhoods up, get some new houses going, and get more folks living here in town. So it's not, we're not just all about driving business. Mm-hmm. We are trying to grow this community again. Right. So. Um, and yeah, thank you very much. And another thing I, I wanted to mention is the fact that, I mean, there's so many antagonistic situations in this world right now, and people disagree on things. And it's interesting you mentioned that, you know, building a friendship here and stuff. And that happened out of an antagonistic situation where I wrote something that you were ticked off about, and you called me up, and we got together, and we talked about right. it. But I think that that's, that's important is that dialogue. I think it's important in general yeah. in our society and in our town is that, People are open to dialogue, and you may not agree with somebody all the time, but it's good to see the other person's perspective yeah. and to be able to see where they're coming from because everybody's got a good point at some point. Yeah. You may not agree with it, but a lot of times if you actually stop, you calm down, and you listen, and you have a discussion, you can find things that you have in common. And if two people have the same passion to see this, in our case, to see this city become an awesome place, an even better place to live than it is right now, and to sure. see Rock Island grow, and I think we share that, yeah. um, then, you know, that's, we're both going in the same direction, and while we may disagree on certain ways to do it, I think that it's a positive thing for people to work yeah. together. So. And, and I just think it's it's also a matter of getting the right facts. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people don't, they hear something secondhand, thirdhand, and they uh, immediately reply. Sure. Um, and you can't do that. Well, that's why I, I started mean, the show. Yeah. And, well, and that's I mean, and granted, you wrote your article, and, and I had some other information that I didn't think that you knew. Right. And that's why I wanted to contact you mm-hmm. and share it with you, because I do think you have a good readership mm-hmm. on the website. I'm hoping that the podcast goes over very well. I do. Um, not just because I'm on the front <laughs> right, line, but, right. you know, as it moves forward in the future, because it is about disseminating information. Mm-hmm. And through the city, and I'm not saying through my office, but through the mayor's office, through the city manager, mm-hmm. through public works. If people have questions, right. all they have to do is ask them. Yeah. Don't immediately hear something and believe it as gospel because nine times out of ten, it's not. Right. You know, And we have no problem sharing the correct information with somebody. We want our, our neighbors, our friends, right. our constituents who, who are here to get the truth and to feel better about the issue that they've been presented uh, and then, of course, ultimately feel better about living here in Rock Island. I mean, that's the goal, you right. know? 
we should all enjoy this community. We should all do what we can to move it forward. We all live here. Well, mm-hmm. those of us in Rock Island. Right. Yeah, of course. That, you're going to be heard all over the world right. with this podcast, I'm sure. But, uh, you know, those of us who are here need to do what we can to make this, this city better. And we have every ability to do so. I agree. Upward and onward. Awesome. Brett, Absolutely. thank you so much again. Sure. Our guest, Brett Gardella, Head of Arc Economic Development for the City of Rock Island. This has been IQC. Thank you for listening, and thank you to those of you who have listened to all 45 minutes of this podcast. We really appreciate that. Tune in next time for more cool information and insights on IQC with Sean Leary. Thank you.